Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. My name is Mark Arlapage, and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where each week I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. Ray Brown, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast. Yeah, good morning, Mark. Really good to meet you. And yeah. uh, morning in Australia. Yes, you're saying you're saying morning. It's evening for me because you're in Melbourne, Australia, um, and so this is this is a rare late night. Well, not late night. It's is evening recording for me. Uh, so I appreciate you uh, waking up early and uh, and having this conversation. Let me introduce you to our listeners here. Based in Melbourne, Australia, Ray Brown is the co-founder and chief mentor at Archibiz which provides business education and consultancy services to architectural practices globally. Sound familiar? Sounds very similar to what we're doing. Uh, through courses, coaching, and other business advisory services, Archibiz helps architects uh, fill gaps in their business education so they can lead more profitable and sustainable practices. He provides coaching and mentoring to a number of architectural practices globally and is the former chair of the board of social data firm Neighbor, Neighborlytics. Neighborlytics. Prior to Barkabiz, uh, Ray worked as a business coach and an entrepreneur in the UK, South Africa, and here in the United States. He has operated at the CEO level for over 25 years before relocating to Australia in 2005. Ray's passion is helping business owners to realize their personal potential and that of their organization. 
Ray, you and I have been talking offline away from the podcast for a couple of years now. We've sort of just sort of been uh, comparing notes and ch- just chatting and becoming friends. And uh, and the last time we spoke, I said, we need to do a podcast because you and I are very much aligned. Our yeah. goals for the profession are very much aligned. We're doing similar things in very different ways. Um, and so I wanted to bring you on here and just introduce you to the Entree Architect community uh, and share what you're doing because I think that you can help a lot of the architects who are listening today. Uh, so thanks. Thanks for coming by. It's an absolute pleasure. And I've followed you as well, Mark. And um, yeah, we spoke just before we came on there about uh, abundance and how it's there's so much work to be done with architects in this space that um, there's no need to compete. We should be collaborating and make sure we deliver the the right message to the, the profession. Absolutely. I, I think we need to encourage architects to not only work to succeed and benefit themselves, but to help other architects succeed as well. And so the more of us who are out there teaching architects how to be successful, the better. So that's certainly for sure. Um, I'd love to learn more about you and your origin. Where <laughs> where did this all start for you? When did you discover the passion for what you do? Because you're very passionate about what you do. Yeah. Um, and how did you get to where you are now? Well, the, the story, I had a long business career in Scotland. Um, I had an interest in developing people and coaching. And uh, I, it, there was a point where I did get quite sick of business. Um, but a friend of mine had, um, he bought a water cooler business or a coffee business, actually. And he had bought a few water coolers. And he said, I think there's, in 1999, he said, I think there's money in water. And I said, no, I don't think, who's going to pay, actually pay for water? Perfectly good coming out of the tap. So anyway, long story cut short, we built a very big water cooler business. Uh, we sold that in 2004. I came to Australia. I um, bought the yacht. That was going to be the thing. But I really liked business coaching. I was introduced to a business coaching company and did that for, been doing that for 16 years. Uh, in the last five years, I've had an interest specifically in architects because my real idea was to uh, build this online business um, have passive income, lie on a beach and drink pina colada. And, uh, of <laughs> how's that, how's that working out for you? <laughs> not working out, no. It's been, um, the, the, the message is the same, but people often need um, implementation help. So we provide courses. Um, and again, we made the, the classic mistakes there. I downloaded everything from my brain in one course. That was just too much, too expensive. So we've now got a new course, condensed, uh, we call it practice improvement formula. And that is everything that you need, we think, to build a good architectural practice from a business perspective. But I still do consultancy and that that is growing for our business too, because people want that objectivity and help. So lots of experience in business, uh, an entrepreneur yourself, um, have bought, you know, built and sold businesses what attracted you to architects? So when you started doing this this training and this consultancy and wanted to, to, to uh, you could have done it for anybody. Why did you pick architects? Well, the, the start of the story was we, uh, my business partner, Beck Kempster and I wrote a book and uh, the target market was to be CEOs or, or technicians who become CEOs running businesses. And what we discovered was that that was too wide a niche and there was no clearly identifiable problem. Good thing in sales to realize that you need a clearly identifiable problem that you as a business are going to solve. Uh, and at the time, I had five architectural clients. They were all nice people. I enjoyed their company. 
Um, and we effectively narrowed the niche and said, as we tell our clients to do, we specialised and we said, let's get the story right just for architects. Uh, let's see what they need. And the good thing about architects was that there was an acknowledgement that there was a problem. We, we go to uh, architectural school and then we set up in business and no one's taught us how to run a business. Right. So we met lots of stressed architects um, who really hadn't been told the rules of the game in terms of business. And, and business is very simple, but we often use the analogy of snakes and ladders. And if nobody tells you the rules of snakes and ladders, I don't care who you are, it would be very hard to figure out for yourself. So that's our job. Our job is to um, and try to make business fun. Too. Business is not a serious thing. If, if you get it right, you can make money, have fun, deliver value for clients. And those are our values. Yeah. Yeah. So you looked at all of your clients and you picked the best one. <laughs> so you said, who, who are the most fun to work with? Who are the, who are the ones that, that are the nice people who sort of are out there trying to make the world better? And you said, okay, yep. we're going to target those people. Oh, those people are all architects. Let's focus on architects. Exactly. And, and we speak a lot about what we call the technician to lead of transformation. And th there's a real difference between the mindset of the technician and the business owner or leader. And not, not that one's bad and one's good, but you need a combination of both if, if you're going to run a successful business. Uh, and we've become clear. We've learned a lot in the last few years. And we're still learning. We're still learning about what works, what doesn't work. Um, but we're seeing real success in our clients. And that shows up as less stress, more profitability, better projects, um, all, of, all of the things that, that architects tell us they want. Yeah, yeah, architects definitely are the technician. When you read the Mark Michael Gerber's book, The E Myth, um, and they talk about the technician, it's it's the people who want to just do the job, right? We just want to design, we just want to create architecture, and the business is secondary. But yeah. as we've known, and as I've been talking about for many years, you have to focus on the business first, that get that right, and then you can do a lot more of the fun stuff that you love to do. Exactly. Um, and, it's, um... Sorry, but it's there's often good architect. The, the the message that's given to a lot of architects is good architecture will lead to good business. But it's right. actually good, good business leads to good architecture. Right. And, and we, we we have distilled down what we think architects actually want from people like you and people like me. Uh, they want more certainty in their life. They want more certainty in their businesses, and the certainty comes in really three three forms, certainty of income, certainty of uh, impact, and certainty of workflow. So if you if you can get the right work uh, and you, you, you're making the right impact in the built environment, um, that, that is, it's, that's the certainty that people, people all speak to us about architecture and it's peaks and troughs and feast and famine and all of it. It doesn't have to be like that. It really doesn't. Right, right. And, and so you work with lots of architects and you have, you have courses um, and you have systems put in place in order to work with architects to to sort of solve those problems that we're talking about. So, so what are some of the some what are some of the ways that you do that? And you know, generally, I, what are the different services you provide? Um, effectively, two two services. So, online courses. So, we we have a designing architectural practice success, which is mindset and everything. That was everything out of my brain. It's a lot. 
Um, so what we've done now is we've distilled down a course that we call Practice Improvement Formula. And that revolves around a, a key concept that we've developed, which is the, the board meeting. Uh, and people get very scared about the word board because um, they think, they see a room full of it's oak panelled room and it's full of people that look like me with dark pinstripe suits uh, and big corporate thinking. And it's really not like that. Pe businesses have boards for a reason. Um, and that the boards exist uh, for what we call a custodial or stewardship relationship with the business. So a, lo a lot of our work involves changing the mindset of the practice owner from it's all about me to this is a separate business across here. You've got to look after this business from all different perspectives. Um, and the board meeting is that monthly focus on the three key, key areas of business finance, operations, sales and marketing. And what we do in our course and, and in our consultancy effectively is to make those board meetings effective. Uh, and we go through the uh, items, we have the discussions, what's been happening in the last month, a message that can be given to the staff the following day, you know, so you consolidate the, the message. Um, and then beyond that, it's what actions are we going to take? And these can be really small seemingly insignificant actions. But if you take five actions per month as a result of the board meeting, that's 60 a year. You, your business will transform or your practice will transform in a year if you make 60 small changes. And, and we look at practices that we work with who are now profitable. People say we're enjoying what we do more. What have we actually done? Well, nothing you can put your finger on. It's, it's a way of thinking. It's a business discipline and the word that comes up over and over again, particularly when we're involved um, with the board subsequent to the course, is accountability. You know, if we didn't know that we were meeting you on the third Tuesday at two o'clock of the month, we probably wouldn't have that meeting. You know, the, the work would take priority and it would be rolled into next month and maybe we wouldn't do it next month either because if when it comes down to it, it's only looking at a few numbers and having a bit of a conversation. So it gets relegated very quickly if, if we don't focus on that accountable thinking that we're looking after this business and this business demands that we meet once a month and think strategy. Well, let's take a quick break to say thank you to our sponsors for their support of this episode. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. There's a lot to love about being an entrepreneur architect, right? But trying to figure out your financials on your own is not one of those things. Luckily, there's FreshBooks, the all-in-one accounting solution that's built for business owners like us. FreshBooks takes all the not-so-fun parts of running a business from building and tracking invoices to managing online payments to organizing expenses and automates them with features like the new digital bills and receipt scanner, saving you up to 11 hours per week in the process, 11 hours. FreshBooks has your back at tax time too. It's almost tax time. With a ton of reports to choose from, you'll know exactly where your business stands and you can easily hand the keys over to your accountant so they can take over when it's time to reconcile everything for the year. F try FreshBooks, try FreshBooks for free for 30 days. No credit card required. It's free. Go to freshbooks.com slash architect. 
freshbooks.com slash architect to get started today. That's freshbooks.com slash architect. So what will you do with your 11 more hours each week? This episode is brought to you by rcat.com. We all have that one story, that one project that had such a unique situation that it required a solution that you had rarely considered before. We share these stories in private professional circles with our friends and our colleagues, but there has never been a collection of these stories of conflict and triumph all in one place until now. Detailed is a podcast series that features architects, engineers, builders, and manufacturers who share their insights and expertise as they highlight some of the most complex, interesting, and oddball building conditions that they have ever encountered and the ingenuity it took to solve them. Join host Sharice Lakeside, a.k.a. CSI Kraken, a senior specifications writer at RDH Building Science as she uncovers lessons learned to help you navigate similar challenges that may arise in your next project. Detailed, an original podcast by ArtCat. Listen and subscribe right now at artcat.com slash podcast. That's arcat.com slash podcast. A-R-C-A-T dot com slash podcast. Detailed. Every building has a story. Please visit our sponsors today and thank them. Thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. What makes up a board? How, how do you... Um, structure a board in order for it to work. So sort of let's talk about the fundamentals of what a board is, and then yep. how do we leverage that board to be more successful as architects? Okay, so so a board effectively is the, it's the link between the employees and the operation of the business and the shareholders. Okay, so if you've got 5,000 shareholders, they can't all have an involvement, so they appoint a board. But then the board has got some very specific responsibilities um, around things like risk and funding and acquisitions and the strategic pieces of the the operation, if you like, uh, approving the budget. But the the one thing that the board does to influence a business is appoint a CEO. Okay, so, and when we say that sort of thing, people say, oh, that sounds a bit corporate, but it's the thinking, it's not the the titles or, or, but there is a, a leadership role in every business. And, and it's interesting that, that uh, most business owners wear three hats. They wear the shareholder hat, the board member hat, and the employee hat. And it's really important that business owners, I, I had one client who got himself three baseball hats and he had them on the shelf. And he would say, um, I just keep them there so I know which hat am I wearing when I'm having a conversation. Um, and it's really important, we, I think, that ownership doesn't become a decision-making um, influence within the business. We should be employees trying to be effective, trying to deliver what the client wants. And even when we get involved in um, a business, we very clearly say, right, Mr. Jones or Mrs. Brown, um, we're not coming working for you, we're coming working for the business. For, the business is paying us as consultants, but effectively we're employees. So don't expect us to be at your beck and call. We will give you the best advice we can in relation to the business. Uh, and that, that getting that clarity of those three hats 
therefore, the board, if you don't have the board, where does that strategic conversation take place? It doesn't take place. It takes place in the corridor or, you know, over a drink one night. Um, let's speak about whatever. And the focus brings, the, the board brings focus to strategy. Finance, operation, sales and marketing, and what we call projects. So not the building projects, but the, the business improvement projects, whether that be a new office, new software, um, new new way of working. That that time-limited project that maybe involves two or three people out with the board, uh, but then the reporting of that project comes back to the board and the progress can be monitored, the funding can be provided, and the accountability can be created around that project. So when you say put together a board of, of these people, let's let's use an example firm. Let's sort of put together a, a, a fictional firm. Let's say it's five people. There's one business owner. There's a, a, a second in command, a project manager. And then there's there's three drafts people that work sort of under the project manager. How would that five-person architecture firm uh, organized to become a board in order to leverage this concept? Okay, so really great question, Mark. And we need to differentiate here between a management team and a board. So the, the yep. people you were describing, there, they could all sit together in a room and they could then be the um, management team of that business. When it comes to the board, probably only the business owner would sit on that board, okay. unless there were two partners or two shareholders. Um they, they would sit on the board. They would probably involve an external person. Um, but even if they don't, even if we have husband and wife practices, we have solo entrepreneurs, and the, the board concept works for them just the same. As I said, we finished the first cohort of the practice improvement formula just earlier this week. And one chap doing the course, uh, he said he's been on his own, and he said, if I'd done this course 30 years ago, he's an older gentleman, he said it would have changed my life. Yeah. He said, because my thinking would have changed. And he said, it just gives me a, a perspective on the business as a separate entity. So whether you have one person or you've got three or four partners that want, want to be part of the board, and I think that is the key. Do they want to be part? You want to be just a technician and you want to continue doing really good architecture and the business stuff doesn't interest you at all. You don't belong on the board, and you've got to trust the people to run run the board. Yeah, and the, and the setup we usually use, even for a one person uh, practice, as we say, imagine you had two investors in your in your practice, uh, and the only time you saw them was at the board meeting once a month. They're not really interested in the detail of what you're doing month to month. They just want to know a couple of things. They want to know: Are you meeting the budget? Are you doing what you said you would do? Are you heading in the right direction? Does the business feel uh, well-managed and well-run? And if you could convince those external people, imaginary though they may be, um, then you're probably running a good business. Um, if you're caught up in the doing and the everyday stuff and it's a bit of a treadmill, then those people wouldn't be impressed. They would be saying, mm, this seems like a bit of a disorganized, um, however good the work is, as a business, it feels a little disorganized. Right. So you said there's three things that you need to focus on at these board meetings. It's finance, operations, and sales and marketing. And so those, right. are, those are basically the fundamentals of business, right? That's so, 
So when you have a board meeting that that gives you the accountability and the structure, the discipline to focus on those three important fundamentals of business, right? That's absolutely right. I mean, and the order is important too because finance is the scorecard. So if if things that you're doing are working, then that's going to show up in the in the financials. And and we've um, cut down the reporting because the the accountants. God love them. Uh, they're not the best educators when it comes to finance. Um, and a lot of accountants, uh, a lot of architects meet their accountants once a year. That That's not enough. You need to be, a couple of things, you need to be moving from historical thinking to forward thinking. And you need to get the key, what we call actionable insight from the numbers, not heaps of data. We have four reports that we get people to create. And it's a half an hour job once a month. The, the magic happens when you start looking at those reports and saying, why is that number bigger than that number? Um, and teaching people how to read those financial reports really quickly. Uh, and then that translates into operations. So when are we going to hire the next person? Most architectural practices run what we call the, the get busy, get help strategy. You know, so once they find the job, they go out and they rush and they try and find somebody to, to do the work and really inefficient very inefficient. So we, we do have a different process for recruitment and thinking about recruitment that revolves around the company budget. So again, most accountants, and most businesses that we meet, they don't have a budget. They, 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 they think it's too hard to predict, but the budget is the fundamental. So your operations will uh, sort of win or lose uh, in relation to the numbers that you've set. And then sales and marketing, we, we are not sales and marketing consultants. There's plenty of good people out there that do that. But we do get people to think strategically about that. Who 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 are they targeting? Who do they want to attract? How does that tie into the budget? How does it tie into the resource plan that they have for the next year? Um, and how does it tie into the financial budget? So these things are all interlinked. Um, and it sounds a bit technical and businessy, but it's, it's actually fun. When, when we get people who suddenly, we've had people who couldn't work, spell the word profit and they suddenly start making profit and the, 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 the whole energy changes, so it's great. We were very lucky to be doing what we, we do. Yeah, profitable architects are completely different when they're transformed when they start making money. Um, it, they're happier, they're, they're less stressed, they're more focused on the work that they do. They have more time to do the work that they want to do. Um, yep. and, the, and the fundamentals that you're talking about, you know, financial management systems, uh, operational systems, sales and marketing systems, those are all the things that you need to have. You have to have those uh, working in your firm in order to be successful and, and be profitable. And, and uh, I love the idea of the board where that takes those fundamentals and uh, puts them into a structure, puts them into a discipline that allows you to focus on them on a regular basis, monthly basis, monthly check-in uh, with your board, whether it's just you, sole practitioner, or or a firm of five, then you're the only one on the board. It gives you that that accountability time, that time on your calendar to say, okay, that's my board meeting. I can't schedule a client meeting. I can't have, you know, I can't go to lunch that at that time. That's my board meeting. And uh, whether you're meeting with yourself to go through these reports and, and make sure that you're working on your business, or whether you're working with a consultant or someone like you um, to, to sort of help 
keep them disciplined and organized and accountable. Um, I'm, that's you do that as well, right? So the course is one thing, but then they can also hire you for the accountability side. Yeah, we we have, um, as I said earlier on, that that was the the pina colada mistake that I didn't think I would have to do that. But we now have a team of coaches that we've brought on. I got myself quite full because people were doing the courses and then coming back and saying, "We like the material, but can you give us some help?" And um, exactly the same as my business coaching practice pre-architects and pre-archivists, uh, when people said, what do you bring to the business? I would say, well, there's three things. There's objectivity. So you, you, you can't get, you can never get objectivity internally in a business. You need someone from outside. And I sometimes say to my client, I really don't care. I don't care what you do as long as it's what you want to do. You know, if, if I can help you get where you want to be, it's your choice. So objectivity is number one. Knowledge and tools is number two. So knowledge of other businesses and tools that we've developed uh, or picked up from other people. Why should you go and find those yourself? And why get the experience of other businesses when we've already got that? And number three, I think, is the important one, which is dedicated time to speak about the first two. Okay. So if you don't have that accountability around the time and two o'clock on the third Tuesday of the month, then it slips and it moves and sorry, I've got a client meeting. They don't do that to me. If 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 somebody moves the meeting more than once, then they get the stiff message that says you're being disrespectful to your business. I don't you might be being very respectful to your clients and uh, the problems that you had on the day, but you can't move the board meeting. That that's not um, it's just not how it works. And they get the message very quickly that that the business needs that um, respect around these three things. And then they start seeing the results coming through and the business improving and the board meeting becomes a bit of fun. Um, even there is a section that we have at the, at the beginning, obviously we have the minutes of the previous meeting, but I'll, I also do what I call the highs and lows of the month at the beginning of the meeting. Um, and it's like the CEO's report and we, encourage that piece of the meeting to be shared with the, the, the whole team the following day. But what does the last month look like? And, and getting that month as a block, because things roll in. When did we win that contract? You know, how many have we won the last? But if, if you actually say we've picked up two really good jobs and we've hired a new person, and people are often amazed by how many actual positives, when you accumulate them for the month, come up at that point in the meeting. Yeah, yeah, it's such a. It sounds like such a great framework for architects to to build their businesses to to find that time, that focused time to build their businesses. It is something that they need for sure. Um, and I and and I applaud you for providing that additional uh, support that they need. Uh, that yeah. that accountability piece is a big piece of what architects need. Uh, and so so that's uh, I appreciate you for doing that. What is yeah. what does Archibiz look like in the future? Where do you want to take it in the next five years? Well, we um, our theme for this year is uh, preparing to scale, and um, the the uh, Australian government has got a, a very very good scheme that that um, encourages exporters. So we've been approved for their um, financial support. So business is already profitable, and we're enjoying it. We've we're five. It's five staff now. And so we want to make a global impact. We, we want to, uh, I'm an entrepreneur. 
know, I want to be successful. I want someone to knock on my door and say, you know, uh, can we do business with you? Can we take you over even? That would be, a, uh, I always think that's a compliment. Yeah. It's the, it's the, in the, the e-myth, your business should always be ready for sale. Right. You know, if it's overly dependent on you or it's not a freestanding entity that, that has got a personality and a being of its, of its own, then do you really have a business? Yeah. Uh, so we want to grow. We want to make a bigger impact. We don't want, we perhaps are slightly different from um, Entre Architect in that we don't want to change the architectural profession. Okay. There's a narrative out there that is architecture is difficult. Nobody understands us. You know, other people are eating our lunch. We don't want to get involved in that because we feel there's a really clear space for people who do, do architectural architecture well and can sell that value properly. I think we've so many examples of people making money from doing architecture. They're no, they're no different from other people. They're not superb architects better than um, the rest of the world. They're just running better businesses effectively. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say is one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow? Just, just what is the one thing that they should take away from this, this episode that they should go do right now in order to be more successful tomorrow? Book a board meeting date for next month and the following month and the month after. Put that date in the diary as a recurring meeting invite to yourself and set aside one hour it's one hour. It's one hour a month. You know, 90 minutes at a stretch. You know, it's not a big ask on behalf of your business to get things right. So put that date in your diary and then go and find out what a board does. You know, get the date right in the diary and then come and speak to me, come and speak to you. We're all telling a very similar story. Business is simple, very simple. Just get the basics right and have that monthly meeting. His name is Ray Brown. You can learn more about Ray and what they're doing at Archibiz at archibiz.com.au. We'll have a link to that on the show notes. Um, Ray, I appreciate you for, uh, for your friendship, for, for sharing your knowledge with me uh, over the years, yep. and for coming on the podcast today and, and sharing your knowledge with the Entree Architect community. I appreciate you for doing that. It was an absolute pleasure, and um, I'm hoping that now the lockdowns are all finished, I'll be able to come to the States and buy your dinner uh, in person. I'm looking forward to that. If you liked this episode of Entree Architect Podcast, please share a rating, write a review. Yep, if you liked this episode, go write about it. Wherever you're listening to this episode, they all have access to a, a rating or a review, I ask you to do that because that's how other architects will find it and share this link, the link to this episode. If you liked it, share it with a friend who maybe not may not know what we're doing here at Entree Architect. That's how we've grown over the last 10 years. Yes, 2022 is our 10th year here at Entree Architect Podcast. And that is how we've grown because you share this link with a friend. That's how we've grown to serve thousands more architects just like you. And thank you to our sponsors, because we could not do it without them. To sponsors for this episode, FreshBooks and RCAT, thank you for their support. Links to our sponsors and all the resources we discussed today on this episode are available at the show notes for this episode found at entrearchitect.com slash podcast. Entree Architect is a member of Gable Media Podcast Network. 
Gable Media is curated thought leadership for an audience dedicated to building a better world. Listen and subscribe to all the shows at GableMedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. Go check out GableMedia.com. We, right now we have 10 podcasts on GableMedia.com. All architecture, engineering, construction. You will love it. It's built for you. For you. Go check it out at GableMedia.com. And coming to Austin this fall, Austin, Texas, this fall of 2022, the Entree Architect Community Annual Meeting. Yes, the first ever live and in-person conference for you, small firm architects. Come hang out with us in Austin this autumn. Visit EntreeArchitect.com slash annual meeting right now to learn more and subscribe for updates. That's EntreeArchitect.com slash annual meeting our conference for small firms. I hope to see you in Austin. Thank you for listening today. Love, learn, and share what you know. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like, how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris Owners of Level Studio Architecture are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then you know in your head you've rooted like oh i'm connected to these people like long term the process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges demanding meticulous planning flawless execution and unyielding resilience i kind of hate the term because it's so overly used but i think everybody knows imposter syndrome and i think it's it's so real to this day i i, I don't know if it's with everybody but with me i'm always questioning like us? Can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. 
there is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is going to be a priority. When the job is done, we're going to actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.